Welcome to the Create an Athlete Podcast, your guide to raising a future college sports star. I'm Steve Edelson, columnist with the Asbury Park Press, and I'm joined by my colleague Jerry Carino. And Jerry, today we deal with an issue that's not just a sports issue. This is a, something that impacts everyone in every facet of society, but it certainly impacts youth sports. Opioids. It's a plague. And specifically where sports are concerned, painkillers that are being prescribed, some might say overprescribed by doctors. So there's a lot of angles to this, Steve, what to look for, how to break out of addiction, uh, the caution that needs to be used when approaching these things. We're going to take them all on. And we're going to get into all of that with Alan Caviola, a professor in the counseling department at Monmouth University. But before we do that, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about previous episodes, this episode, and future episodes you want to hear on the Create an Athlete podcast. So reach out to us. You can do it on Twitter, at Create an Athlete, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Create an Athlete, or you can email us, createanathlete at gannett, G-A-N-N-E-T-T dot com. And now our interview. Alan, thanks for joining us. Let's get some perspective on the issue first. Uh, how pressing is the, uh, the painkiller and opioid problem among young people and particularly among athletes in your experience? Uh, we're really talking about a, a, you know, a huge problem, a huge concern. Uh, part of that is because we know with athletes uh, that, especially given particular contact sports, that, you know, that they're prone to injuries. And because of those injuries, um, if the injuries result in, in uh, certain treatments or surgeries, um, that it could um, result in their being prescribed painkillers uh, to help deal with uh, some of the pain in the aftermath of uh, surgery. So it really does put a lot of athletes at risk uh, for developing addictions to uh, some of these very, very powerful drugs. Um, as you know, they just released uh, some of the statistics on the number of uh, deaths from opioids in 2016. And the latest uh, statistics I heard was that it was 60,000 deaths. So we're really dealing with a, a huge uh, opioid uh, epidemic, as everyone knows. But, uh, but athletes are, are really one of the at-risk uh, populations. You know, uh, there's been so much attention to this uh, issue recently. I mean, I would just hope that medical professionals are not over-prescribing painkillers to these kids and, you know, maybe using more anti-inflammatories and stuff like that. It, I don't know. Do you think that maybe sometimes they are over-prescribing uh, painkillers to young athletes? Um, you know, that, that really has been a problem. That's been an issue. And as a matter of fact, uh, some states have actually instituted uh, prescription limits. So, in other words, as opposed to doctors writing out like a month's supply of OxyContin or Vicodin or one of the other painkillers, they're, they're actually only able to write uh, prescriptions for smaller amounts. So it might be for six, eight, uh, ten, ten pills, uh, just so that this way, the idea is, is that the person would, would not be taking them on a longer-term basis than would be needed. Plus, the other thing with injuries they know is is that it's not always a, a helpful for recovery or for healing to, to be on 
uh, prescription opiates for lengthy times, uh, lengthy time periods. So, uh, so prescription limits are helpful. The other thing too, and, and this really, uh, some of this legislation has been um, uh, spearheaded by the Partnership for a Drug-Free uh, New Jersey, Angelo Valenti, uh, and uh, there's a family that's working with him, uh, the Persickies, who have been very, very instrumental in them trying to get legislation passed, whereby doctors and dentists, when they're prescribing these opioid painkillers, they have to let the patient and the families know that these are addictive substances. So um, so at this point, they've been very instrumental in trying to get this legislation passed so that this way in New Jersey, all doctors, all dentists would have to let their patients know that this is a potentially addictive painkiller that they're being prescribed. This might be more of a political question, Alan, but any, any reason why this legislation hasn't already passed? I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer and a home run. So why, why are we using know, this? Exactly. I think that's a good a good question in terms of, you know, why wouldn't something like this go just fly right through? Well, here's what happens, is that apparently the legislation is made up of, of you know, people from different walks of life, and there, there are a couple of doctors who are in the legislature who are fighting this legislation to the nail, because they feel that, well, the, you know, we're doctors, we're being told what to do, and they, they resent that. Uh, they resent that you know legislation would be kind of impinging on their on their practice. So again, I agree with you. You think this would be a no brainer? Uh, that it's something that parents need to know. This is information that parents should know. That that the uh, the student should know. The young person should know as well. Um, but they they've been getting pushback on it. I know it's it's hard to believe, but uh, that's that's what's happened. Yeah. You know, we, we hear more and more stories about young athletes. In fact, I did one uh, a story last week on a young wrestler who took his first Percocet while he was in high school and ended up, you know, as a heroin addict. Um, mm. Is it incumbent upon coaches, uh, parents to really, I don't know, the signs of, uh, of uh, opioid addiction? And, I mean, what should they be looking for? Yeah, um, usually what happens is is that you really would begin to see signs, because I agree with you that, that it would really be helpful for coaches to know the, some of the signs and symptoms. Basically, what you're going to begin to see are changes in behavior, change in mo- motivation, changes also in, in emotional response to things. So you'll get kids maybe who are very motivated, they're very motivated athletes, they were high achievers, and then all of a sudden, you know, they miss practice, they're not coming to practice, they're, you know, uh, uh, you begin to see a lot of, um, a lot of uneven types of behaviors. So, but I, the other thing with this too is, is that you'll have a lot of, a lot of athletes who, because of their taking the painkillers, then are able to push through the pain. So it might, it might be something a coach might not say. I mean, it, it may be the teacher that sees it. It may be the parent that, that begins to see these behavioral changes. But I, I agree with you. It is something that uh, that coaches, uh, probably teachers, parents really need to be wary of because these are very insidious addictions. I mean, they really, you know, at, at first it's the, the person themselves feels like the, the drug is helping them to function, but we, we know that's going to be short-lived. We're speaking with Dr. Alan Caviola, professor with the Department of Counseling at Monmouth University, and we're talking about opioids and painkillers with young athletes. 
Alan, what would your advice be to a young athlete who gets hurt and then visits the doctor and is going, you know, discussing with the doctor what the remedies are going to be to get better? What would your advice be about navigating and being careful about, you know, what, what painkillers are prescribed, what to take, what not to take, and how long a prescription should last for? Right. Um, that's a great question because I, I think that what needs to, the, the discussion that needs to be brought up with the doctor, what, what are the alternatives? In other words, if, if let's say somebody has surgery and they're prescribed, you know, a couple of painkillers in the aftermath of the surgery, okay, that may be fine for one person. The other person who might have different risk factors in their background, maybe they've had a parent who had had problems with alcohol or drugs. I mean, those people who tend to be at higher risk, they really would have to be wary. So they'd have to have that conversation with their doctors about, you know, what are the alternatives? For example, I mean, some people do great with physical therapy. Some people do great with chiropractors. Some people do great with acupuncture. Uh, some people can do well just with, you know, with ibuprofen. Um, not everybody needs an opioid painkiller. And one of the faults in, in this, this whole epidemic that we're seeing were the pharmaceutical companies themselves. It was just this past weekend that Purdue Pharma cut half of their sales force. And part of that was that they were doing a lot of aggressive marketing the doctors and dentists saying that the, hey, these are, are OxyContin is a great painkiller, very low risks of addiction, and they're actually being sued by a number of states. I know Maine is one of those states that have a number of lawsuits against Purdue Pharma because of this kind of aggressive marketing that was going on. So, so get, getting back to your question, I think it's really important for parents and students to be able to explore, okay, well, what are other alternatives are there, you know, to, to pain relief? doesn't always have to involve an opioid uh, painkiller. You know, so many of these kids are just ultra-competitive, and yeah. in a lot of instances, they're, they're going to do everything they can to get on the field you know, and try exactly. to achieve your goal, whether it's a championship, whether it's getting a college scholarship, whatever it is. And, yeah. you know, I think that is part of the problem is that there's a lot of pressure on, on some of these kids to perform. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You have kids that are they're looking for that scholarship. They're looking to get on into a certain school. And you're right. They're, they're going to they're gonna try to push through the pain. But are they going to push through the pain using a painkiller, using an opioid, um, you know, and, and maybe even down the road risking their lives, you know, because that's, that's what we see time and time again. I can't tell you how many young people I've seen not only high school age, but mostly college-age kids. Um, they began, you know, where they were prescribed Percocet or Vicodin or Oxycontin, uh, you know, in uh, in high school for injuries, and then they just go on in college because they, you know, certain schools, drugs tend to be rampant there. Uh, kids know where to get drugs. They know where to get Roxacet or Percocets. And these are, again, they're highly addictive drugs. So... But it's a good point that you made. Some some kids, you know, again, that idea of getting the scholarship, getting into the top top university, uh, really pushes them to do anything. And maybe that needs to be looked at too. People have to heal. If you're injured, it's it's better to heal, and uh, and and uh, to you know to get better rather than trying to push through and and uh, risking your life. 
Alan, final question for me, and that is, yeah. uh, what's your, what is your best piece of advice for someone who, you know, a young athlete or their family members who find themselves hooked on painkillers and they're already d down that road, taking a step down that slippery slope? What, where should they turn? What's the first thing they should do? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it's really a matter of, of getting help. In other words, when, when, when parents begin to see this or you have a student that realizes that they're, they're addicted to these drugs, is to really to reach out and ask for help. I mean, luckily, there are a number of, of different providers out there. There, there are inpatient programs, intensive outpatient programs. Uh, and also, the thing that I've seen most often with opioids is that people are afraid of withdrawal. So later on, as people get more and more addicted, they're really, they become petrified of the withdrawal they're going to go through. And luckily, there are ways to manage the withdrawal. So it's a matter of reaching out for help. Uh, there are a number of different, as I said, professionals, providers. It's a matter of making some calls and, um, and getting help. I mean, we all saw, you know, Governor Christie's, um, you know, ads on TV the 800 number, I mean, so whether it's that, uh, whether it's reaching out to a uh, professional, a mental health professional, substance abuse professional, uh, there's a lot of help out there. So that's the first step. Dr. Alan Caviola, professor with uh, Monmouth University's Department of Counseling, thank you for joining us on the Create an Athlete podcast. Thanks for having me. Star Trek, Star Wars, Batman, Harry Potter, Marvel. Everyone is a fan of something. The Fan Theory Podcast explores pop culture weekly. Co-hosts Alex Bice and me, Felicia Wellington Riddell, talk features and fan faves with guests like William Shatner, Kevin Smith, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Simon Pegg, Vivica A. Fox, and so many more awesome creators behind your favorite books, movies, TV, music, video games, whatever Disney is doing, which is all of the things. So check us out. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Visit app.com slash fantheory and join the adventure. So Alan makes a number of good points, Steve. Uh, the, the first issue is that, and you bring this up, that doctors have been over-prescribing this stuff and giving it away like candy because it's been pushed on them or the cheerleading that comes from the pharmaceutical industry. So you got a lot of money pushing these drugs into the hands of teenagers and college athletes who are ill-equipped to deal with the potential addiction side effects. Well, and you've seen where... Some uh, pharmaceutical companies have kind of cut back recently on pushing these drugs. And let's face it, this is the worst of the worst here when you're pushing these pills onto kids, you know, teenagers who, you know, this is going to maybe cause an addiction for the rest of their life, you know, at a young age. So I think that is, is really part of this that uh, you don't hear a lot about when people talk about the opioid epidemic, but the way it's happening with young athletes is amazing. Right, because someone here's what happens. Someone gets hurt doing a sport. Now, sometimes it may be a car accident or something outside of sports, but a lot of times with young people, they get hurt as an athlete, and then they get prescribed 
uh, you know, Percocet or Oxycontin or, you know, name your, your painkiller. And when the injury, you know, heals, they're hooked on the painkiller. These things have opened up strong addictive pathways that, depending on the person and their resistance or their natural ability to sort of shut, on, shut that addiction on and off, can be devastating. Some people could take, you know, Percocet or Oxycontin or name your painkiller and then give it up. Some people can't. They get hooked on it, and it's a li- it could be a life-threatening problem. So the issue is, yes, it's being overprescribed. But for our audience here, the question is, how do you approach it as a young athlete or as a, the parent of an athlete or the coach of an athlete? How do you approach going into the doctor and saying, I don't want that, I don't need that, uh, give me a limited prescription, not a, one that can be refilled in perpetuity? These are questions that people have to ask. And finally, hopefully, people are starting to ask because they're seeing the devastating leap kids make from prescribed painkillers to heroin. Well, that's the thing. I, I think it's been pretty clearly laid out you know, connecting the dots between opioid abuse, you know, painkillers, and heroin abuse. So the awareness, I think, is there. And I think kids see that. I think parents see that. And hopefully medical professionals have seen that. And, you know, if you could just, uh, you know, do something, an anti-inflammatory, anything but a painkiller, I think that's what you should be doing, you know, at this level. Right. I think, you know, I think of my, my late mother, Steve, and she was so concerned about painkillers and this is before all this came to light you know she was so concerned I mean it was like all right Tylenol or Advil that's all you're taking I can remember you know being injured or you know going to the dentist I've had bad teeth my whole life you know getting wisdom teeth extracted and having root canals and my mom always saying nope two Advil that's it that's all you're getting because you know this stuff's bad for you and I'd fight her on it and I'd scream and cry and kick and scream and you know what she was right she was right, and I, I have vowed as a parent to take the same approach with my own kids. I'm just so skeptical of, of stuff, these, the prescriptions these doctors are writing. I mean, I have, like I said, I've had a lot of issues with my teeth over the years, and I have, uh, you know, uh, containers upon containers of pills that have been prescribed to me that I never opened. I just don't trust them. And so I want to pass that mistrust down to my kids, and I hope they get it you know, for me telling them before they have to see it with their own eyes. Well, it's interesting because the wrestler that I did a story on who became a heroin addict who took his first Percocet at age 15 was because he had a tooth tooth extracted, and that was his first experience. And he said after that he was one of these guys who, when he took a painkiller, it, it energized him. You know, it, it, it was something positive for him. He went and had the best practice of his life that day after having the tooth pulled, and, you know, that was it for him. That's a, a fascinating anecdote. I mean, I've, I've taken Percocets. I've taken them, uh, and they, they're mind-altering. I mean, they trick your brain. That's what they do. They trick your brain, which in turn tricks your body. Uh, and so it's still scary. It's a little scary. So, uh, yes, I think the, pa- the message for parents is be vigilant about what your children or what your young athletes are being prescribed to treat injuries. Right. And, and let's face it, I mean, there is a natural inclination, I think, for all of us to say, well, you know, he's a doctor, you know, he knows what he's doing. But you really have to stay on top of this like a hawk and, and make sure what your kid is being given. I hate to say this because the medical profession has done wonderful things for mankind. 
and most doctors are trying to help people, I hate to say this, you can't trust what's being prescribed because there are ulterior financial motives right. why these things are being pushed on people. And we're starting to get a hold of that a little bit as a government, as a society, from a regulatory standpoint. You know, you, you heard Alan mention things, laws that are in the works that have backing, you know, why they haven't passed yet is maybe an example of how hard it is to regulate things. But we're starting to get a grasp of it. But my, my advice in a nutshell would be don't trust. Yeah, don't trust and talk. I think you really have to have discussions with your kids. I, th I think you have to show them examples of what can happen and really try and hammer home exactly how dangerous this is, how addictive they are, and what path they can put you down. And, you know, that's a path that, you know, has ended the life of many a young athlete later on in life. Look, you walk into my house, and what, you, what you'll see is Advil, lots of Advil mm -hmm. and nothing else. And that's a lesson that maybe some other people want to pass along. I'm going to leave guy. So. Whatever works, but <laughs> keep it low-key. So that's a very relevant conversation we just had there, Jerry. And we're going to have another one coming up as well, uh, where we're going to talk to Joe McAuliffe, our first two-time guest here on the Create an Athlete podcast. And he's going to take us through the dangerous world of supplements that are everywhere now and tempting young athletes. You can reach out to Jerry on Twitter, at NJHoopsHaven, or you can reach out to me, at Steve Adelson, APP. And that's it for this episode. We'll talk to you next time.